You're listening to audio from Holy Cross Church in Tucson, Arizona. To find more resources and learn more about our ministry, please visit holycrosstucson.com. We're going to John uh, chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 1. We continue in the the I Am sayings of Jesus within this larger uh, study through the Gospel of John, which is written so that we would believe and have life in Christ. John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who, come, who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is God's word. You know, last, last week we used this uh, wonderful analogy that we saw used by Jesus of the practice of viticulture, right? Harvesting of grapes in the vineyard and where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. We learned so much about what it means to have a connected and abiding relationship with Jesus. And this week, Jesus builds on uh, these beautiful word pictures and analogies, again, on another first century practice of sheep farming. This is another cultural practice that the listeners in the first century are going to get. They're going to understand it. They know sheep farming. This is what they do. And what is pictured here as Jesus is telling this, this metaphor, and I want, you to, I want you to form this picture in your mind. What's pictured is this, this large structure. This large structure with this inner courtyard or sheep pen. And within this sheep pen are going to be multiple families of sheep owned by different shepherds and kind of this holding ground for, for a bunch of different uh, sheep from different folds or different flocks. And the sheep would be in this courtyard and, and in there they would graze and they would, they would find safety. They would rest. They would simply just be there and lay down. They'd be kept safe from wolves outside. If anything, this structure would also just keep them from wandering off. Loss of property for the owners, but also uh, protection for the sheep at the same time. This sheep pen would have one way in and one way out. There's only one way to enter and one way to exit. And then there would be this hired gatekeeper that would stand at the, at the entrance, that one entrance of this, this structure. He was the, the bouncer of the sheep club. And, and no one gets in without passing through uh, this hired gatekeeper. You know, he'd be checking the ideas. What's the purpose of him? Well, one, it's protection, but also as people come to this, this sheep pen, he would know the shepherds, he would recognize them, he would verify that they are true shepherds uh, that have sheep that, that are in that sheep pen. And the, the shepherd would stand outside at times and call for their sheep. And the sheep would 
come out. It's quite a fascinating thing that only the sheep that belonged to that shepherd would listen to his voice and the other sheep would just kind of ignore it completely. I mean, this is fascinating. You can actually go on YouTube and watch videos of this. I have so much. I, I do this to calm my daughters before they go to sleep. And you see the shepherd, he calls to sheep and the sheep that are his immediately respond and start walking uh, towards him. And the other sheep that don't recognize the voice, they just continue eating. They, just, they don't even move. They don't even react at all. It's fascinating. Sheep have a, this reputation of being quite foolish, but they truly excel in like voice recognition. <laughs> this is where they're tuned in. This is where they, they know how to respond so well. And Jesus gets done teaching this, this, this metaphor and the people say, what on earth are you talking about? You, you, you lost me at truly, truly. Isn't that interesting? A lot of times when we see in scripture that the, the listeners of Christ don't understand, uh, we're often told that they have a hard heart. But here, do you understand? This is, isn't a matter here of like a hard heartedness. I mean, you read that first portion and, and you're thinking too, as I, I was reading this and I'm like, what is going on? He's the gate, he's the door, he's the shepherd. I mean, how can you be all those things? What is he getting at? What does this mean? It seems really interesting. And oftentimes here, it could be confusing for us, but this passage I think can be easily understood when we begin to see that what Jesus is doing is comparing himself to any person or voice in your life that make these three promises. I can lead you, I can care for you, and I can best protect you. And these are the three functions that Jesus is saying, there's going to be so many things and people that come along in your life that say, follow me, listen to me, stick with me if you want to live. And it's so tempting to believe. It's so tempting to give ourselves over to that. And Jesus presents himself as the supreme authority on all three topics. Everything else that claims that is, is going to be a thief and a robber is seeks to kill and destroy. So how do we discern who to follow, who not to follow? How do we discern of all the voices in the world that come our way through all the different cultural stuff, all the different uh, things in our life, all the, the, the myriad of voices that are telling us how to live? How do we sort through it all? How do we have wisdom in knowing what we should listen to and what we shouldn't listen to? How do we know who's taking care of us and who's taking advantage of us? Jesus presents himself as the supreme authority on questions like this. This is why this story matters to us. When he says, I'm the gate, I'm the door, I'm the shepherd, this is why it matters. And essentially what Jesus is saying here is three things. He's the true shepherd of God's people, but there are a lot of false shepherds. We need to know what those look like. We can learn to discern the voice of God among many voices in our life. We can learn to discern. We can learn to grow in what Jesus' voice sounds like so that we can follow him. And there are those who wish to enhance our life. And then there's some people or um, ideas that wish to take our life. And Jesus presents himself as the supreme authority on all categories. He's the one who leads. He's the one who cares. He is the one who protects. We're gonna get into these. Why don't we start first with the, one, the first one where he says there are shepherds and then there are false shepherds. He is the one who leads the sheep of God. You know, this is presented in the form of a, a warning. Can you see that? There are people who climb over the wall 
climb over the wall and, uh, of the sheep pen and pretend to be the shepherd. Uh, but if he was a real shepherd, why not just come through the front gate? Um, because the false shepherd's wanting to distract the sheep from the real shepherd. Jesus is using this metaphor to explain that there are some who will come into your life and they may seem good and they may even say very good and compelling things. And they may even often say things uh, or give things that are good in themselves. It's not like they're bringing something that's bad, it's good, but, if they, but they're wanting that good thing to take the place of trusting in Jesus in your life. And these people come in and they spend time with the sheep and they even probably even nurture the sheep in many ways, but they're climbing over the wall. And Jesus says, no, those, those are not shepherds. Those are robbers, they're thieves. They're wanting to distract you from what you should ultimately trust in. And that is Christ. In the preceding passage, just right before in John chapter nine, Jesus got done healing the man that was born blind. We, we preached that, that sermon not long ago. The spiritual leaders at the time were interrogating this man who was just healed after a lifelong um, disability. And, he's, and, he, and they're asking him, who did this? Where is he? What did he do? And he says, what's well, Jesus? I don't know who he is. Uh, all I know is that I once was blind, but now I see. And and, and then they keep interrogating him and say, well, we know that he's a sinner. He's not from God. And we know you're a sinner too. And he says, how could this man be a sinner? He must be sent from God to be able to do such a thing. You see, the, the, what the false shepherds are doing is they're turning, they're trying to turn this man's trust away from Jesus and back onto them. Their threat is spiritual in nature. The false shepherds were using their authority to draw this heal man away from Jesus, threatening others that if they followed Jesus, that great harm would come to them, all with the promise of being able to protect them in their life. And they were well-respected in their community. They memorized the law of God. They were religious leaders of the day. I promise you, if Pharisees were among us today, they would be of the most respected people in our community. And Jesus does not shy away saying, these are not, these are robbers. Because they're saying that you should follow them instead of following Christ. That what they offer is more important, more valuable, more comfortable, more secure than Christ. From the outside, they don't look like a threat. They look like they had the right answers, but they were drawing people away from anchoring their life in Jesus. There are things that, that threaten us today in this way, for sure. They function in a similar way. They're good things. They're such good things that promise far too much. Consider for yourself, what are those things that look good that may in and of, in and of themselves be very, very good, but they are threatening to replace your trust in Jesus? What are the things in your life that you're starting to feel like, if I really had this, then I don't need Jesus anymore. That's the thing that is a robber, a thief that is wanting to distract you from Christ. Climbing over the wall, spending time with you and saying, isn't this nice? We can figure this out together. What are those things that we're putting our trust in and value more than Jesus? The worst threats to our faith in Jesus are often not the blatant threats, right? They're, they're, they're not these big monsters that like are so easily to recognize, they're subtle. We usually recognize those threats and we know let's stay away from those things. Those are really like dangerous. 
the worst threats are, uh, from trusting in Jesus are the threats that just kind of climb over the wall. Well, how'd you get in here? Well, you're here, might as well stay. Jesus warns us of se- from centering our lives and trusting and putting our hope in anything but him. There are good things, but they always come secondary. Where do we put our hope? Where do we trust? The security for our future, whether it's finances or government or people or spouse or kids or our own spiritual maturity. What are the things that we are saying? I just, I need this and then I will be safe. And those things are false shepherds. They're wanting to lead us in a life down a path that is actually away from Christ. And so we need to recognize those things. And Jesus offers that as a warning. So there are shepherds and there are false shepherds. But then he says, we can actually learn to discern the voice of the true shepherd. We can actually, among many other voices, we can learn to discern. So it's the practice of the shepherds. They would stand outside or just inside or even a little bit far off from the gate and they would call out to the sheep and the sheep would follow. The sheep would follow and they would hear the voice and they would follow. Jesus says here, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You know, calling, you can already see here what Jesus is talking about in this, in this metaphor. There's some kind of relationship. It's like a discipleship relationship, right? Jesus is saying, I call my sheep and they follow me. I'm leading and they, fo- and they follow. But there's something more here. He says, it's not just this like a discipleship. He says, I call them by name. Now that was different. Couldn't find anywhere in, in any of my research that first century shepherds called their sheep by name. Fluffy, it's time to come. You know, no, they, 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 just, they have a command and they, they call out and the sheep come. But here's Jesus saying, now it goes beyond just this discipleship relationship. It is now a relationship of, of, of deep nurturing, a bond of friendship, a bond of peace, a bond of knowing that he knows us by name. He doesn't throw out a general call and, and, and if we come indiscriminately, he calls us by name. He knows when he speaks to you, we should know when he is calling. He knows our name, he knows your name. He calls us all the time. What's the purpose of, what's the purpose of coming and going? So he says that we come out, but then a couple of verses later, he says we go back in and come back out. And so there's this coming and going. And what is the purpose of that? It's to come out, it's to graze, it's to rest, it's to stretch our legs, it's to find water, it's to exercise, it's to be nurtured, it's to find peace. And then it's to go back in for safety and, and keeping and, and then we go back out. And, it, and Jesus doesn't just call us out and then leave us to ourselves. He says he, he leads us and we follow and then he leads us back in. He's with us the whole time. When Jesus speaks to us, it is always an invitation into his peace. Even if it's a hard thing, even the words that, that feel like discipline and rebuke and correction, it is always meant to lead us into his peace. Studies have shown that, that babies can hear and make out their mother's voice even before they're born. Yes? All right, good. Anybody else confirm? Since this is like a group activity, okay. Yeah, good. So, so studies have shown that, right? And it's amazing, even before they, they can be held, even before they take their first breath, they recognize the voice of their mother. And when they are born, they, they know that voice. It brings comfort, brings peace, brings safety. 
When Jesus calls his sheep, hear his voice. To his sheep, he, his call is one of the, the, the greatest welcomes into his presence. And it's this comforting voice, it's this sweet voice, it's this still voice that, that welcomes us into a, his presence and relationship with him. It's one that we should be most familiar with. Most familiar with his voice. Because in his presence is peace. In his presence is love. Why does he call us out? He calls us out because he loves us. Jesus doesn't call us because we're the best of the best. The shepherd doesn't go to the sheep pen and start picking sheep out based on their pedigree and based on their you know, uh, integrity of girth. I don't, I don't know how you rate sheep, okay? <clears throat> but he doesn't, he doesn't look up on that. He calls out the ones that are his and the ones that are his come out. He, he doesn't call out the ones that, are, that offer the most uh, fleece or because they're pious or just need a little bit of direction. No, we are his sheep and he calls us. We were wandering around. We were aimless and lost. We were waiting for him and his presence and his voice thunders out into the darkness, through the darkness and into our life. We are like Israel. This is where Jesus is talking about it. He is confronting Israel, the people of God. And we were called by God, not because we are, we're good, but because he loves us. This reality should bring out a response of just great gratitude, humility. If we hear the voice of Christ speaking to us and we respond, it is a miracle of his own doing. It is because he loves you and he's calling to you. And those who have been called by Jesus, we, would be the most, we should be the most thankful people in all the world. He has called us by name. He leads us into life. And this is a life that could not be acquired on our own. It's one that is because of him. He says, you did not love me, but I loved you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not call me, but I called you out into my presence, into relationship with me. And so we've passed through a gate that we could not have gone through and not have found by our own choosing or our own searching. And Jesus calls us out into God's pasture to rest and to be nurtured. And so this shepherd, what kind of shepherd is he like? He is one that is a nurturing, caring. He feeds us and cares for us. And this coming and going is like this metaphor for just the Christian walk. This journey of faith of following Jesus in different seasons of life. Some seasons of life are filled with great rest and, and restoration and being fed. And some seasons are spent just waiting for the shepherd to come back and to hear his voice again. And it's this coming and going. And he does not give up on us. The one who calls us out stays with us and leads us throughout our life. Maybe you've seen this clip on YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. Uh, maybe you've seen this clip and it's a second. Умничка, умничка, за обе ноги. Молодец, Вера. Умничка, умничка. Все, операция удалась. Дурак! 
So. Мы часто замучаемся над тобой. Реально, барана. So the Christian life, right? So we hear his voice, but it always means we don't get right back into trouble, right? And so this coming and going, like he calls us out, not because we're good, not because we've promised to never jump into that ditch again, right? Because we often jump right back in. And that boy, he's going to go again and he's going to go fetch that sheep out and he's going to pull them out. Sometimes it feels like that, a pulling and not so much a calling. Sometimes it's not this like, come on out. We say, oh, that's so nice. But sometimes he yanks us out and dislocates our hip in the process. And we're so excited to be free from that danger that we just jump right into another one. But he is saying, I don't call you out and then abandon you. I call you out and I lead you and you follow me and I lead you in and out. And we can actually learn to hear his voice and discern it so that as we continue to fall into those ditches, like we, we, we know where he is in the midst of that. We know how to confess and repent. We know how to respond in faith and obedience. The safest and best possible way of hearing the voice of Christ is through his word, through his scriptures. All scripture is Christ speaking to us as his shepherd. Ponder these things, walk in these ways and you will have life and you will have it abundantly. But there's a lot of other things that people say. And Jesus is saying, yes, they will say these things, but those are strangers. If it is contradicting what I have said to you, it is not meant for your life. It is not meant to rescue you from life. It is a thief and a robber and is meant to kill and destroy. But they said it so nicely. But they said it so articulately. They said it with such passion and anger. There's a place for God's people to experience God's care when we need him most and it's found in his pasture. We enter into that pasture of care through Christ calling us and us following. We find that place of restoration and renewal. We find that place of growth and feeding and nurturing by following him. Following him, isn't that an important part of this Thing that he says. He says, I call them out and they follow. It's an important term here. Jesus goes before his sheep, he says. He says, I go before them and they follow me. One of the most fascinating breeds of dog is the Australian shepherd. I love this. I watch a lot of videos of the Australian shepherd. I don't have a clip for you. Have you seen the Australian shepherd do the shepherding? Okay. Phenomenal. Google it. And here's how the Western, here's the, the, they, the, the Australian shepherds are dogs that shepherd sheep instead of humans. And they shepherd sheep according to a modern Western way of shepherding. And that is to push the sheep in the direction that they want to go. They don't lead the sheep. They actually push the sheep. They nip at their heels. They herd the sheep from the back. And this is the common way to do it in the West. But first century Jerusalem, it was always, we don't, We don't lead like that. We lead by going ahead and going in the front. And so there's this Western shepherding style led by the Australian shepherd dog, which is really impressive. And there's this Eastern kind of shepherding where the shepherd goes out. 
because it is based on, not on pushing and not on nipping at heels and not on compelling through force. It is through example and care and relationship and leading them out. And the relationship is so good between the sheep and the shepherd that the sheep follow their shepherd because they know that shepherd leads them to green pastures. The shepherds lead from the front and the sheep follow. It reminds us of Psalm 23, not just a passage for those facing physical death, but a passage to remind us of the care that Christ takes in leading us. King David here is talking about Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. This is how Jesus is presenting himself to his people. He says, I will go before you and you will follow me. I will show you how to live. I will give you truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is uh, the true shepherd among so many false shepherds. And he is the one that nurtures us throughout our life. He doesn't call us and say, follow me and then abandon us. Whatever you're going through right now, if you know that he's called you into relationship with him and now you're just wandering, I assure you that you're not wandering alone. He doesn't just lead us in and out throughout this life, but he promises to guard our life while others seek to take it. This is the final thing he presents to us. He's talking about two different kinds of shepherds. There's two different voices, but then there's also two people, two different kinds of people who make promises to you. One seeks to destroy what God has done and one seeks to keep what God has done. Jesus' work in our life doesn't stop when he calls us to follow him. He guards our life. He protects us. The shepherd would often be the door of this pen. And so this, did I have a picture up there, Justin? Or no, sorry. Nope, okay, would have been really great. Um, sometimes I don't know when I come in. Uh, so there's this pen and it's this structure and the door, there's not a swinging door, there's no hinges on it, it's just an opening. And the shepherd in the first century would actually lay down in that gap. And it physically lay down in that gap, uh, stretching from one end to the other. And so the, the, the shepherd would, or this gatekeeper would literally be the door. And so Jesus is saying, I am the door. And we think, well, wait a minute. This is where it's so confusing. He said, I thought you were the gate. He says, I thought you were the gate. Now you're saying you're the shepherd, but now you're also the door. Jesus is not only the great purpose and destination of our life. He's also the journey. He's not just this one that says, you know, I am the destination. I am the, the final place. He says, I'm also the journey. He leads us. He feeds us. He cares for us. And so here this, friends. When Jesus says, I am the door, he's not only saying he's the entry point. He's also saying he's the guardian of our life. Jesus' sheep are perfectly safe. If you belong to Christ, you are perfectly secure. Those who have life by him have life maintained through him. He does this at the cross. He lays down his life 
for his sheep. The greatest danger is found at the cross. The greatest danger is found at that door to that sheep pen, that opening where predators can come in, where sheep can wander off. And Jesus lays himself down at the door. And the most dangerous place for us is at the cross where God's punishment and judgment is poured out for our sin. And Jesus stood in our place. He hung in our place for us. He took on death. He defeated sin. He rose in triumph and he calls to us. He calls to his sheep to follow him and to find rest. Let's hear his voice. Thanks for listening to this audio from Holy Cross Church. Visit us at holycrosstucson.com to find more resources and connect with us.